Hi everybody, this is Lori Weaver. Welcome to Compulsive Overeating Diary, day 141. It's now been three years, five months exactly since I began this experiment where I talk about my thoughts and feelings about compulsive overeating rather than heading for the chips. I'm back down to my local park recording from the trusty old podcast rock this rockin' old day before the 4th of July holiday, but not due to the heat, but due to time constraints. Mark and I are busy getting ready to go back home to Washington to lay my mother's ashes to rest. And I figured it would be good to get another show in the can so I don't have to rush one out when I return. It's emotional and I'm hoping it will be somewhat freeing to think about what I have to let go of today as I'm remembering my mom. After our inspirational snippet of I'm Letting Go by Josh Woodward, I'll share what I need to let go of in order to move on. Then we'll hear comments from Petra, Donnie, and Mark, who actually took time to reply to Donnie's comment of last show. Then Donnie brings some fresh summertime foolish fun. After that, we'll greet new BC's Rebecca, who posted on the Compulsive Overeating Diary page of Facebook, and Kelly from Michigan, who contacted me in a very unusual way. We'll reopen the coffee clutch for show supporters. I finally figure out how to get into the UK iTunes store so I can redo the kind review from BC Joe from the UK whom we met last show. I'll close up with a poem I wrote many, 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 many years ago. Originally, this poem was called, Daddy, Would You Love Me? But I'm changing it today in order to honor and say goodbye to my mom. So BCs, stay tuned while we listen to Josh and then I'll share with you what I'm letting go of today. But I'm letting go, I'm letting go, it's a history that never really grows, I'm letting go, I'm letting go, it's a silent wind that never Well, Josh, it's certainly a pleasure to sit here today and listen to your wonderful inspirational snippet because I really need to let go today, and it's hard for me. Sometimes, BCs, I have to admit to you that it is very, very hard for me to let go. I let go, then I need to let it go again and again. Now, every time I decide to let something go, I do, but... Like anything else with practice, sometimes I need to dig deep and let go a little bit more. And today I'm going to let go of something that I heard about in one of my guided meditations. There was this statement, and I'm sorry I can't remember which of the meditation teachers made this statement, but it was basically, things that make you feel safe can also make you feel trapped. Safety trapped. And I realize that's really true. And for me, some of that safety is remaining in feeling the same about things, just to keep my blinders on and to be rigid and to have a focus and to make assumptions. I feel safe thinking the same. It's like, yes, of course I'm right. (laughs) That's how things were. My memory is accurate. And As Mark and I are traveling home to Washington to lay my mom's ashes to rest, I realize I have a lot of thoughts that I've had my entire life about my relationship to my mom and my family and to myself and what it was like growing up as me 
what it was like growing up in my family, what it was like growing up in my particular corner of Washington, all of those things. And I realized that by feeling the same and thinking the same way, it's like the cornerstones of my identity. It's like comfy old shoes, you know, like when you're in your athletic shoes and you know it's time to get new shoes, but those new shoes just don't feel quite as good as those broken down old shoes, right? But they don't support you. They don't help you. If you keep walking in old athletic shoes, even if they look nice on the outside, you could hurt yourself. And the new shoes will have that support that lets you continue on with your walks. Wow, that was an interesting metaphor. <laughs> but I realized that I've really gotten entrenched into some of my thinking. And every time I challenge that thinking, it makes me feel a little bit unsafe, right? Like, for one example, for me to maintain anger with my mom because she had her struggles with eating issues. I was going back through a book of pictures that she put together for me, you know, a mom and daughter book. And in those pictures, she was thin, she was big. She was thin, she was big. I was thin, I was big. <laughs> Up and down the scale, we both went all the time. And my mom had this huge fear for me that I would have the struggles and disappointments in my life that she experienced through having a size that wasn't the social typical norm. And she tried mightily to keep that social size as best she could, but it was hard for her because she had the same genetics as me. We are naturally on the bigger side and we easily put weight on so, you know, it's, it's really slight. When you say our metabolisms more easily put weight on, it isn't huge in variation, but it is actually easier. That's just the way that it is. And socially, she had some of the same issues that I did. And as a mom of a daughter, when she saw me putting on weight, maybe, it freaked her the heck out. And so she did everything in her power to try to teach me better or to get me thin. And a lot of those things kind of backfired, like it would for anybody. You know, anytime someone tries to tell someone else what to do, you'll run into some resistance. Now, for many, 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 many years now, I've been an adult. I've had complete control over what I'm going to put in my mouth or how much exercise I'm going to do or anything like that. So... No matter what my mom may have done intentionally or unintentionally when I was young, the 100% responsibility for how I feel about food and what I eat and how much I exercise and actually what the size is on my body is pretty much up to me. But I feel a safety and a comfort out of thinking like, if only I had a different mom, I would have different genetics and I would have had a different food experience. All of my friends back in the day, like I've told you many times, I was pretty much the only fat kid in my neighborhood or my school. We didn't have this growing epidemic of obesity. I just managed to do it. How, I don't know. But with good natural food and regular exercise, because I was out playing all the time, I still managed to become overweight as a young kid. And I was on diets from being a young kid. And I have my feelings about that. But I always thought it isn't fair. It just isn't fair. If only I had been born 
to a different set of parents. Now, since my dad maintained a pretty regular size and I didn't see him going up or down the scale, and I also didn't see my dad focusing at all on what I ate, my dad didn't really care <laughs> about what I was eating. <laughs> he was a traditional kind of dad. He went to work, he'd come home. Sometimes we'd go ride bikes or go do things. He'd read me a story. But dad wasn't focused on how big I was. He just wasn't. But my mom, having lived that life of being a big person, did not want that for me. So she was laser focused on me. Laser, laser focused on what I was eating or not eating. And the trouble was, she likewise suffered in the same way as I do. She had the robot aliens. She had the emotional compulsions. She had the rigidity of thinking, the all or nothing. All of that same stuff that I've been talking to you about, she had too. So she meant very, very well, but she struggled. And it was easier for me most of my life to have this secret rage inside of me that said, if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't be living these struggles. And I hesitate even to admit that to you, though it's probably apparent to most people. And as parents, those of you that have kids, you probably are used to your kid feeling like you did something right or wrong and you should have been perfect. Well, we know that nobody's perfect. We know that as adults. But the little kid in me really struggled with that. And that anger progressed on in some of my teenage years for other things. And the fact is, the reason I felt so much anger toward my mom was because I loved my mom so much. And I really wanted to please her. And I really wanted to be the type of daughter that she would value and would want. And it seemed like no matter what I did, I couldn't be that 100%, because I couldn't get thin and stay there. And I had my own social faux pas and anxieties. I have some social anxiety and other things that we've talked about. So I didn't get along as easily with other kids as my mom had done. My mom had struggles with her weight, but she was like in every club in school and she was in a sorority and she was, you know, in the glee club and she could do all of these things. She socially was pretty savvy and has tons of friends. To this day, I hear from her friends. She had friends all over the place from her real life, not a podcast, her real life. She had friends everywhere and everywhere she went, she made more. So my mom didn't quite understand me and my shyness and my inability because as you guys could see in a lot of ways, I'm a great big fat ham. <laughs> and when I take those psychological tests, I always come out 50-50 extrovert introvert, half logical, half intuitive. It's like inside myself, I have these two push-pull impulses. I want to be out there in the world. I want to be safe in my cave. So in a way, compulsive overeating, binge eating, and restricting works really well with that because I could, you know, eat everything and feel total freedom and then restrict and become inward to myself and worry only about calories. And that kind of mirrored some of the psychological comfort that I got. And I'm not telling you this to blame my mom because I'll be honest with you, I've let that go for real. The, I let that go before even the day that she passed away because I realized how much my mom did love me and I realized that she loved me because I was her daughter 
and any pressure she put on me inadvertently was because she wanted the very best for me and it made her extremely sad when I would distance myself from her. And it made her extremely happy when we had good times together. Even if we were just sitting together reading books, because we both loved to read, we'd go to the library and get books and just sit there and read. We'd go out for tea. As adults, we mended our relationship and that's good. I'm really, really blessed and fortunate that that was true. And that when I was up in Washington and she was passing away, I could hold her hand and just feel love in my heart and not have big regret. But some part of that patterning is still in my soul. I still feel these feelings of not being good enough and not pleasing her, therefore not being acceptable to myself. And all of this right now, brave companions, is what I'm telling myself. If anything, if you believe in the beyond, if you believe in signs from the beyond, or even just good memories holding you up, since she passed on, I've never had the feeling ever that she was disproving of me. I've only felt sometimes that special feeling of being lifted up, or rainbows appearing when rainbows shouldn't appear, or things to let me know that she's proud of me even in my own mind. So that false safety that I've been feeling, that false identity that I've been keeping on like last year's shoes has to go. I have to take the risk and not be trapped in who I was. I have to be willing to open the door to who I am today and who I can be and who I am today is not a perfect woman. <laughs> not in my size, not in my attitude, not in my actions. You know, I still get mad. I still say the F word a little more that is maybe good for someone who used to be an elementary school teacher. I still get angry, but I forgive. I'm thoughtful. I can be critical. I'm all those things that make up a human being. But I am acceptable as who I am. There's many wondrous gifts included with being Lori. There's all kinds of perks and there's all kinds of struggles. But today I want to leave that safety of knowing 100% who I am and reach out for the freedom of not quite knowing. Our last show was all about the many BCs from the UK, BCs named Joe, and also featured Mark as Mark the Meditator. Donnie catches us up with her life, and then she thanks Mark. Donnie writes, I have to say this was quite an invigorating episode, and I truly feel as though I just traveled the world. Yay! That was the cheapest travel ever. And look at me. I can say I have friends all over the place. I'm blessed. The return to my old job has proven to be fantabulous, and I feel very comfortable like I belong. It was meant to be. I at first was nervous, but it came back quite quickly. One downfall is there's a wee bit more downtime, if you will. That leads my brain to think I should fill that time slash space with snacks. Whoops! Must find a strategic alternative and fast. 
I've been under some stress and so many changes lately. It's like it all comes slash happens at once. Yikes! After renting my home for 17 years, the Washington Department of Transportation is buying it to build a freeway interchange. It's presented an opportunity to possibly buy a home, and financially they're treating us right, even as tenants, not owners. But did I mention I have 17 years worth of raising a family within every crack, crevice of that house, laughing out loud? That's a lot of stuff. I get, yes, I'll say get to sort through. Pack, throw away, donate. Wow. My boys both moved out a few months ago. I'm not sure if that was good or bad given this circumstance. Onward we go. Then I say, Wowzer, gal, that is a ton of changes for one short period of time. I'm glad to hear the new slash old job is working out well, and also glad you aren't losing your house without compensation. But I'm betting it is very disconcerting to move to a new place after all these years, and I salute you for tackling your sorting with just such a positive attitude, XOXOXO. Then Donnie further writes, Dearest Mark, thank you, thank you, thank you. I truly appreciate the walkthrough of your insight to meditation and your rendition has encouraged me more to try it out. And now seems like a good time in my life to try it. Not sure why I've resisted meditation, but you sure put a great positive spin on it. Again, thank you. And another miracle. Mark actually writes back himself. He says, Dear Donnie, I appreciate the feedback. I've always been a skeptic of self-help easy solutions. So when I tried meditation, I was doubtful. But because of Lori's good experience with meditation, I figured it was worth a try. In a few days, it had already started to improve my attitude towards life. So it is a great joy to me to know sharing my experience has had an effect on other people. So thank you for sharing your thank you with me. Then Petra posts a comment to me from the prior show where I had featured her Instagram bravery because until she heard the comments I read on day 140, she hadn't been aware of them. Petra writes, Hi Lori, I'm so sorry I must seem so ignorant, but I didn't get a notice of the following comment. You can be very proud. Our obstacles are absolutely nothing to be ashamed of. And as it looks, the professionals find it easier to connect to you as well because people connect to real people. I can imagine that goes especially in voice acting as well. You sound believable when you dig into your own real emotions instead of trying to sound how someone like this feeling might sound. Showing vulnerability can be a big asset, I can imagine. And letting go of the shame and feeling inadequate feels so good. And when it comes to the binging, there's no need to numb my feelings and fears with stupid amounts of biscuits, chocolate, or other rubbish when I let them go. Such a wonderful, freeing feeling. And I feel this is just the beginning. I let my fear and my feeling of unworthy stop me for far too long. This 46-year-old, slightly podgy woman is going to be a fitness professional. And again, you also have had a great influence there because you are pursuing your dream and are believing in yourself that you will find your place. And I believe the same. There will be clients who want exactly someone like me someone they can open up to when they truly struggle. I love that you're meditating, something I want to give a bigger part of my life as well. You're one amazing lady, XOXOXO. And I replied, Petra, please don't worry about missing the email. There has been something really screwy going on with the email notifications. I've been trying to get to the bottom of it, but all sides of my technical equation want to say it's the other one, 
Even I, as admin of the site, am not getting all of the notifications when new comments are posted. So I have to stop by here a few times per day to check out the comments area. Hopefully someday soon it can be sorted. And as an aside, I think it might be okay now. So if you do post a comment, make sure the little checkbox is selected at the bottom for notification and then let me know how it goes. Dang technology. Anyway, back to today's comment. Well, Petra, thanks for your comments about my voice acting. It absolutely echoes what all of my coaches say. When I quote, try, unquote, I'm not believable. When I'm quote, me, unquote, I'm great. That's the trick. So hard for me to be me saying the stuff you say in commercials, but that's why they call it voice acting, <laughs> laughing out loud. The good reminder to just do things. Back to Yoda in Star Wars. Do or do not do. There is no try. I have to find a way to consistently just do it, aka getting out of my head. Such a challenge. The meditation really is helping with that, focusing on the physical breathing, etc. Also, I am so, so proud of you for following your fitness goal. And by the way, your slightly podgy body would be my dream body. It's all a point of view. These days, I'm thrilled with being able to touch my toes or get up out of the chair using my own steam, laughing out loud. But life is an adventure, and adventures are never boring. Thanks, too, for all the fun photos on Instagram you post with hashtag CODBCS. I'm really getting a kick out of it. XOXOXO. Then Petra replied to Donnie, who supported her in the last show. Donnie, thank you. Again, I'm so sorry I wasn't notified of the reply. Please don't think I'm ignorant. I heard about this in the new episode. I'm not going to lie. It was very daunting. But now in hindsight, it was one of the best things I've ever done. Just because I'm freeing myself from the fears what people might think or what might not think about me. I used to be crippled by that. I could go into a room examining every single face if they might think something bad about me. And of course, they had every reason to. Totally unreasonable, of course, as if people don't have better things to do, laughing out loud. And I'm not better or worse than anyone else. Binging was an outlet for all this ridiculous pressure I put on myself. To start with, I had to prepare myself not to care what people might or might not think. That, of course, is still ongoing. But I've come a very long way. But most of all, I realize that I'm okay just the way I am and that I'm not more perfect or imperfect like anyone else. We all struggle with something. We all got our skeletons. Life is so freaking short. If I let this unreasonable shame, guilt, or fear keep stopping me and cripple me, my time will run out and I will never have stepped out of my cage. God, this sounds deep, but I hope you know what I mean. Thank you again, Donnie, for your lovely, kind words. We're all BCs. XOXOXO. It's summertime and the living is easy. Thanks to the fantabulous Donnie who brings us her summer rendition of Foolish Fun. <laughs> Lori presents Foolish Fun. <laughs> the feature where messing up is just part of the act. Hi, Brave Companions. I just wanted to share some foolish fun because I feel like today's a good day to be funny. I would have a couple jokes. If April showers bring Mayflowers, what do Mayflowers bring? Yep, that's right. They bring pilgrims. How about this? 
What do you call a dog on the beach in the summer? Yep, a hot dog. Why do bananas use sunscreen? You guessed it, because they peel. And, you know, being summer and all, I thought we'd cool off a little bit. And I'd like to ask you, what do you call a snowman in the desert? Yeah, <laughs> a puddle. Have a good day, brave companions. Foolish fun, 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 fun. <laughs> and if you love to be foolish, too, call the Bravery Hotline. And get your silly on. Thanks for the giggles, Donnie Gal. Nailed it. And you, listening, don't be shy, BCs. You too can participate in Foolish Fun. Like Mark said in the announcer part, just call the Bravery Hotline, use SpeakPipe, or email me your audio file of you having a good time, telling jokes like Donnie, singing, playing the kazoo, any fun and foolish tidbit you like, so that you too can feel brave and bring a smile to the BCs across the globe. Now, it's time to welcome our new BCs. Lately, just before recording each episode, I've been recording these short videos on Instagram and Facebook. New BC Rebecca has been liking these on Facebook and posted this comment about the whopping big heat wave I was in last show. Rebecca writes, Hi Lori, thank you for braving the heat. I think that deserves to be on the bravery report. Smiley icon, you're an inspiration. Be safe. And I reply that she inspires me too, and that I would say hello when I record today. So here it is. Hi, Rebecca, and smooch to you for all of your encouragement on Facebook. And I'll post a link to Rebecca's comment so you can say hi to her too. Our other new BC this week came to us in a very unusual way. Let's step back just a little for this story. As you know, there are many ways to support this show. There are phone calls to the Bravery Hotline, comments using the tag hashtag CODBCS when you post to Twitter or Instagram, emailing or using the contact form, anything that says hello, I'm a BC and I get value from the show. All of these are emotional support for me and for Mark and let us know that this show is worth it. Another way you can support the show is financially. The two ways to do that currently are by one, going through the show link found on CompulsiveOvereatingDiary.com to purchase your items from USA Amazon. This doesn't cost you any extra money, but the time you take to go through the link shows you have support. And the second way, donating to the show via PayPal does cost you money for pretty much nothing. <laughs> the way we set that up was you can buy virtual cups of coffee on CompulsiveOvereatingDiary.com. You can buy one cup at a time or subscribe for ongoing donations if you'd like to support the show for months. You can buy virtual coffee for any amount. Now usually when a BC buys some virtual coffee, I know who they are. They have been participating in the show or for some of them writing to me personally for some time. But this week, I saw some virtual coffee hit the account from someone I did not recognize. I searched through the blog, my old emails, everything. This was a brand new BC donating to the show. So for the first time ever, let me welcome our newest BC, Kelly from Michigan. 
whom we met by donation via coffee purchase. I get her email as part of the PayPal purchase, so I wrote to her. I said, Hi Kelly, thank you so much for supporting the show by buying me a virtual cup of coffee. This makes you a member of the Coffee Clatch, and as such, will receive special email surprises as a thank you from time to time. No selling, just fun stuff. I really do appreciate it. Let me know if you would be comfortable if I thank you by first name on an upcoming episode. If I hear that you are, I will thank you as BC Kelly. If I don't hear from you, I will just say a generic thank you to new BCs who have supported the show. Thanks for letting me know that you care. XOXOXO. Then BC Kelly wrote back, Sure, that would be great. I don't mind you acknowledging me by my first name. I'm from Michigan, and I enjoy your show. I have been a compulsive overeater since childhood, and as of right now, I'm at a fairly decent weight. I've been working hard to overcome this malady, and I'm using mindfulness techniques in regard to food and eating. I also love, love, love the great outdoors, hiking, biking, kayaking, and just taking in all the beauty nature has to offer are my favorite stress busters. I especially appreciate your raw honesty and sharing your story. It's nice to be able to connect to another human being who shares the same struggles and understands what you're going through. Thanks for putting it out there. Your courage is inspiring and good luck with all your endeavors. NBC's, I am very delighted that Kelly from Michigan gave me permission to share her story and delighted to meet another hiking, biking, outdoorsy enthusiast. And since some of you BCs have been sending the virtual coffee again, I'm also using Kelly's generous gift to reopen the coffee clatch. Once I get back from Washington, expect some emails from me, coffee clatchers, with special messages, news, recipes, or just plain old fun. These will happen from time to time, and I promise, only fun, no spam, and no selling, no selling. It's my way of thanking you and getting to know you a little bit better. And BCs, if this sounds fun for you, or you want to throw a couple of bucks at the podcast, you can join the Coffee Clatch to support the show financially and play along with the silly Coffee Clatch emails. Just go to CompulsiveOvereatingDiary.com and click on either the one-time or ongoing subscription coffee buttons. You can use your own PayPal account or any credit card or debit card. Last show, I mentioned that one of our many BCs named Joe, Joe from the UK, had posted a kind review. Now, my reporting mechanism tells me that, but I had to figure out again how it is that I access iTunes Store from a different country than my own. Okay, I finally got it. Down at the bottom of iTunes is a flag and a circle. You click that, and then you can go to a page where you can change your country for the store. So I was finally able to actually read what Joe from the UK wrote on UK iTunes. Joe's review is titled, Keeping Me Company Through My Own Journey. And thanks, Joe, for the five stars. She says in her review, Lori, thank you for keeping me company on my own walks and commutes and for being so honest about everything. I head to Vegas soon, and so episode 16 was particularly pertinent. Looking forward to binge listening and catching up with your progress. Thanks, Joe. It was so very encouraging. And I'm sending you an extra supportive smooch for Vegas fun. Mwah. Please be sure to let us know how the trip went for you and any tips that you may have discovered along the way. And now, BCs, I'd like to close the show remembering my mom. She always loved my poetry, and this was one of her favorites. Originally, it was written about a dad and his girl, but it works just great this way. So I'm calling this version of it, Mommy, Would You Love Me? (music) 
Carla colored in her great big book and took it to Mommy for a look. Mommy, would you love me if I colored rainbows in the sky? Oh, Carla, dear, I'd miss you if you went away so high. Carla pulled her shoes on, the new ones nice and white, and Mommy tied them up, not too loose or too tight. Mommy, would you love me if I marched one zillion miles? Carla, dear, if you marched all that way, how could I see your pretty smiles? Carla dug the dirt with her little hoe while Mommy planted flowers in a nice and pretty row. Mommy, would you love me if I dug the biggest hole of all? Oh, Carla, dear, it would scare me silly to think that you might fall. Carla splashed while Mommy scrubbed, giggling silly in the tub. Mommy, would you love me if I blew bubbles across the sea? Oh, Carla, dear, how could I get your ears all squeaky clean if you were so far from me? Carla snuggled onto Mommy's lap, eyes still sleepy from her nap. Mommy, won't you love me for anything I do? No, Carla, dear, my dearest dear, I'll only ever love you just because you're you. And Mom, I love you just because you're you. Until next time, BCs, take care, because no matter what you do, I really, 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 no matter what you do, really care. I'm a slave without a master, heading for disaster, kicking up the dust in the middle of the road. I've been waiting on a free ride, ticket to a seaside thicket on the edge of Puget Sound.